Hey guys, Vince here, and I'm the content writer here at AdBadger. Now before we jump into this week's episode, I just want to give a quick sidebar. At one point during this episode, we listed sponsored display reporting among our wish list for Amazon advertising. Well, Mike's Alexa must have been listening because since the time of recording and the time this episode's going live, we have gotten sponsored display reporting for Amazon advertising. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Here in the heart of the jungle, we find one of the most interesting creatures of its kind. Amazon PPC Advertising. Buried deep amongst the undergrowth with its campaigns and targeting, lay hazards like keywords without conversions, unprofitable ad spend, and a mountain of ever-evolving complexity. But if you look beyond the obstacles of life here, there is hope and opportunity. We will journey to every corner of Amazon Ads to explore and share the greatest treasures the jungle has to offer. This is the Amazon PPC Den Podcast. Destiny, what's your favorite Christmas song? All I want for Christmas is you, Mariah. Whoa, I was going to sing a little bit of whatever song you named and you picked that one. I can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Let hang a shining star upon the highest bow. Welcome everyone to Mike and Destiny's Amazon advertising Christmas wish list. Uh, Destiny, um, are you in the spirit this year is an interesting question to ask. I am. Yes. I, I am so excited. Christmas is one of my favorite times of the year because I love buying people things. Yes. Well, that's very cool. What is what is one gift that you've purchased so far this year or planning on purchase? Don't worry. I won't tell anyone. I swear I've spent like half my paycheck on Nike.com. So whoa, nice. My whole family is obsessed. Like for all the siblings last year, my mom got us matching Air Force Ones. So (laughs) yeah, I love it. That probably made for a really great Christmas photo. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So welcome everyone to the PPC Den podcast. I have a relaxed tone to my voice because it's the holiday week and Destiny and I thought it would be really fun today to go over our Christmas wish list for Amazon advertising, what we are writing to not Santa Claus, but to Mr. Bezos, uh, and with what we'd love to see inside Amazon advertising. And if you missed last week's episode, uh, we Destiny is our guest co-host for the month. Uh, Destiny uh, is someone I consider a hyper-talented Amazon marketer. I consider her a friend, and she is part of the hyper-talented team at Better AMS, and they optimize a lot of Amazon advertising. And if Destiny's involved, I'm sure they do it quite well. <laughs> so, you make me so happy. Like, I just get so there excited. You go. <laughs> if, you, if you want, you could play this episode every morning <laughs> during your coffee. It's like, 
Man, that one time, Michael really pumped me up. Um, <laughs> no, awesome. Uh, last week, we had such a good time talking about strategy and how uh, you, people should think about their goals. And even doing that episode last week, Destiny, I now am able to talk to people about strategy even better. Uh, this is such a great exercise to do together with new people so we can bring new different ideas and I can learn a ton from you. So I really appreciate you being here again. So our Christmas Amazon advertising wish list. And, you know, when we started making this list, and we've got a lot of them, <laughs> we've got a lot of them. So we're going to move pretty quick here. Um, and I know for sure a lot of people have their own wish list for their Amazon advertising. So uh, feel free to head over to our Facebook group, adbadger.com uh, slash Facebook, because I'm sure we're going to like get a thread going of all these ideas. So without further ado, Destiny, let's get into it. Let's kick it off. I, I think this was the first one we listed here, which was, I know, I know that as soon as we say this, everyone's going to be like, yes. Uh, and that is better support. Uh, when there is something off or wrong or not delivering or something doesn't look right, it'd be so nice to ask an official from Amazon to technically look at it. Destiny, did you know that Google Ads has live chat? You can talk to someone within five, 10 minutes. So fantastic. Um, granted, sometimes the support over there, it doesn't necessarily solve your problem, but it's just so nice to be able to express it, to open up a ticket, to have a dialogue on it. Oh man, give me that support. Kind of piggyback off of that, just more knowledgeable support as well. Mm -hmm. I feel like there is a little bit of a delta from, you know, the seller support to the advertising support side. I don't know if the generalized seller support knows Amazon advertising and you can reach out to your rep, but that's only an option when you get to over a hundred thousand dollars a month and you kind of have that dedicated point of contact. Mm -hmm. Other than that, you're in this position of just having to troubleshoot everything and then go to the Facebook groups and then you get 3000 different opinions that typically yeah. aren't very aligned because there are not a ton of concise resources. So you're having Correct. everything together and then just test. Yeah. It, it's a, anytime you need extra assistance with, your ad campaigns. It can be so frustrating. Like even if you do eventually get it solved, it's just frustrating to know that there's not an official spot to go to, to get, you know, some dialogue and feedback uh, back and forth. So yeah, it could be pretty frustrating. And your point about the, the knowledgeableness of support, it's a really interesting concept too, because Amazon advertising is moving so, 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 so quickly it has to be so difficult for any organization, even one as large as Amazon, to be able to effectively produce documents for their own, you know, training, internal training. I've talked to people at Amazon and have said, you know, two conflicting things, and we brought it up on the show before too. So it could be it could be pretty frustrating. So support. And when we were prepping for the show, you had another interesting perspective on. Uh, support to, you know, sort of like a partner program where companies like AdBadger, Better AMS are able to talk to dedicated reps uh, in a more uh, productive way. Um, how has that experience been for you? Yeah. So to give a little bit of background, as we all know, Amazon's fantastic at two things. One of them is 
outsourcing or basically putting things into the hands of the sellers and the vendors. So that way it's more scalable internally for them. And on the flip side, being incredibly siloed. So the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. And this Mm -hmm. provides them the opportunity to scale really quickly and basically compete and always be improving their services. But where we, we see a drop off is in that education. So they opened up, you know, something called the Amazon partner provider program, I believe. And it's basically a program for all of our advertising providers out there to have a dedicated resource to help assist them. And it's fantastic being able to have an individual point of contact. Absolutely incredible. But a lot of the time, I'm not even sure the sponsored display team knows what the sponsored product team's rolling out that well up front because of how siloed they they have it, which is incredible because we get a lot of things and a lot of things really quickly, but then it kind of leaves it up to us to test those things. I know this is a point of contention internally that they're really working on proving. So I'm excited for that. But for right now, it's like, how many times do we log into an account and one account has this, one account has that? And it's like, oh, got to test this quickly. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, you know, for a large majority of my career before uh, I did only Amazon advertising. I was also doing Amazon advertising and Google ads and their partner program. You get a feeling like they actually want you to not only like help grow companies accounts, because there's always that element that, you know, the providers, the platform's goals are going to be different than the advertiser's goal. Um, So there is always an element of that, which is why it pays to really know your goal, your own goals and use those goals as a filter anytime we talk to anyone. But what I think was unique over there at the Google ads side was that it really seemed like they actually wanted the partners to grow their business. So they would send resources about how to talk to customers about certain new features um, or strategy for using certain new features. And that was actually, it, you know, it could be very technical and it was made for partners. Um, so I thought there were some interesting things there that um, I think are on my wish list mm-hmm. for 2021 over here. And part of that, those efficiencies that are spread out all over the place, I know that we've got not only different teams, but we've also got very different campaign types, sponsored products, sponsored display, DSP, sponsored brands subtypes of each one of those typically. And it's difficult to compare apples to apples for a lot of these. And it's very difficult to analyze the lift of one campaign versus and, and the other. So would love better sync between campaign types. That is a perfect segue. Mm-hmm. I actually talked about siloed operating systems. We see the same thing on the Amazon ad side. And I think something that we definitely both mentioned repeatedly on our wish list is more alignment between all of the Amazon advertising strategies. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it started from the foundation of Amazon ads. You had AMS, which allowed you to run product display ads and headline search ads. And then you had sponsored mm-hmm. products on Seller Central. And then some accounts had both if you were a vendor. And then you also have DSP, which used to be called AMG, which used to just be traditional display. And then they rolled it out as sponsor display and seller central, which is a whole nother mm-hmm. point of contention as you're explaining to sellers what needs to be done. Display, mm-hmm. sponsor display, DSP, whole nother topic, but just more alignment in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being able to more seamlessly navigate those waters would be massive. Uh, and, you know, it, it's 
being able to get similar metrics in similar places would be absolutely awesome, um, which you know gets into the reporting side of it too, because a lot of these different campaign types don't talk to each other in terms of synergy. Uh, you sort of have to look for the synergy uh, almost like we're deciphering things. So I would love better acknowledgement of the synergy that all these ad types can play when you launch all of them um, with, you know, potentially some kind of lift report. You know, you had so many sales when you just on this particular product, when you just had sponsored products, automatic targeting, and then you added another sponsored product, and then you added sponsored brands and sponsored display, and it had this gain impact on this particular product. Um, that would be really cool to see. So some kind of report where you didn't have to pick the campaign type, you could get, you know, potentially product reports that looked cross campaign type. A lot of cool things that could, could happen with reporting. Yeah. Just holistically being able to view your Amazon advertising presence. Cause as you mentioned, we don't get that correlated data. And I think there is a lot that goes into strictly brand awareness that we don't even calculate for. For example, if you go type in any product on Amazon and you see 92 placements with just one brand that does something subconsciously. You're like, this mm -hmm. brand's dominating the page, but we don't see any of that correlation. We don't see how many people clicked on the sponsored brand ad and then viewed the product detail page and then saw a sponsored display ad of the same product and clicked on it. Like we don't mm -hmm. get to see those metrics. And it gets even more confusing when we're now seeing placements being ran by different ad types. So the placement mm -hmm. directly to the buy box could be sponsored display or it could be DSP and you can run both of those. So yep. we need to know what one's performing best, even though they're different KPIs, it, it's getting complicated. It's getting complicated. I mean, at the, even at the base level, sponsored display ads, uh, you know, are, have, I think the general consensus is that these are a pretty great ad type and yet we have very little insight into them. Um, like it'd be awesome to see, uh, you know, where it's being placed because there are so many different placements. It'd be cool to do potentially negative placements, you know, maybe if things aren't performing that well, uh, or even placement style bidding where you notice something that is working well and you, you want to get a little bit more aggressive on it. Um, so would love to see better insight into sponsored display. The whole view through versus uh, click through orders can be very confusing to people uh, when they see a very, very low A cost in sponsored display that can mean that they're looking at only view through conversions only. So there's definitely some room to grow sponsor display reporting. And I know it exists somewhere because it used to be in sponsored product reporting and yet is no longer there. So definite room to grow for sponsor display reporting. A hundred percent. Just being able to download something would be nice. <laughs> yeah, anything. A list of my campaigns. There's another interesting one. I know you spend more time in DSP than I do, but um, there's this cool thought about DSP lumped into the normal campaign manager, uh, which would be cool from a data analysis perspective, but also just to open up additional advertising types to everyone. You know, bring the ads to the people. Like let let uh, companies start with DSP potentially. Uh, on their own footing instead of having to have much larger budgets like they typically do. Yes, I completely agree. And just being able to view those two different ad types holistically. So if you guys didn't check out our last podcast, this is pretty much all we dove into, but you need to have alignment between all these different strategies. You have top of the funnel, you have bottom of the funnel, 
there's a huge gap right now in that alignment, primarily because a brand can't log into the DSP platform to see what's being ran. It's strictly up to the advertiser, which is fine. There's mm-hmm. definitely value in that, especially from an advertiser's perspective. Right. Um, but we need to see that data in alignment, even if it's just a dashboard. You don't mm-hmm. see the back end. Being able to have that dashboard where we can really view the funnel holistically, I think would be a ton of value. Now we are getting some of those things sponsored displays basically dipping our toes in everything DSP, mm-hmm. but not there yet. Yeah. You know, that sort of unification of data is so valuable. So just the act of having to go somewhere else to view DSP probably makes it so, you know, campaign managers aren't spending as much time as they probably would like to. Similar to how, you know, if people have a USA advertising account and they're also advertising in Canada and Mexico and all these other countries, they they would probably spend more in those other places if they didn't have to you know make this sort of mental shift okay then now let me click the drop down and go to this country and then that country uh, it's pretty cumbersome and I'm sure you know to meet their own goals Amazon's own goals of getting more buy in and more customers spending in more places having easier sync being able to view you know campaigns of different countries unified I think would be also be really really cool. Um, on the topic of reports still, um, do you think we will ever live in a world where you can get those reports in the report section of Amazon advertising, you know, the sponsored products, search term reports, you know, all the sponsored brand reports, all of these different reports. Do you think we'll ever get them inside campaign manager without having to download a spreadsheet? In 2021. I mean, they rolled out search terms. Mm -hmm. Having a tab for that is incredibly helpful. And I know a lot of the direction they're wanting to go is making things easier. So it's similar to software where you have a lot of one-click options of uploading your search terms. So I really hope so. And I think with that, it'd be incredible to have any type of organic comparison. Mm -hmm. Because the more we know, potentially the more money we'll spend. But on the flip side, how do you calculate the delta of all the people who don't know what they're doing and they're just spending money? So, Yeah, that's really tough. And I think that just touches on one of the core themes of all these things is just getting data in more places and being able to work with that data more easily Mm -hmm. without some of these hurdles. And, it, you know, while it might seem like an insignificant hurdle, like you have to click the reports tab and then you click download and then you can, you know, have this happen automatically for you in the background. Just the act of that, having it tucked away in the reports tab, I know is something that advertisers at every scale, um, it, it's a cumbersome process. So if they were able to just put that data sort of front and center and have people be able to browse it, they would look at it more, they would use it more, and they'd be able to make more informed decisions about their advertising. Um, so re- reporting and, and data unification seems to be a major th- thread in everything that we're, we're talking about here, isn't it? A hundred percent. I think that's the uh, big thing. That's the biggest thing. Like, give us the data. It, it's so interesting to watch Amazon advertising evolve uh, so quickly. Um, just give us those reports. Um, okay. <laughs> there's a thing in, in Seinfeld where around in the holiday season, they would air their grievances. Um, and it, it was funny because they would just like, 
yelled at each other. But uh, yes, I feel like we're airing a little bit of grievances. Uh, definitely some, definitely half wish list, half a uh, little frustration <laughs> because I've got another one. Longer time frames. You know, it's so interesting the way that it works because we've got um, we've got the lifetime view when you first open up Campaign Manager, and then you can see your data throughout time. But then, if you wanted to go, you know, dig in a little deeper to those more refined time periods, and you're in that date picker, and you're going back in time, and you get stuck after a certain time frame, uh, you can't go back and look at how a specific campaign performed at a specific date far into the past, uh, which makes things like time versus time comparison difficult to assess, um, where it's like, show me my last 60 days versus my previous 60 days before that, or show me my year over year, show me the last 30 days of 2021 compared to the, the same time frame of 2019. So there's some really cool analysis that could be done if we had better reporting. Agreed. Agreed. I, I've got one more reporting one on my wish list. I swear. Uh, and that is reporting on day parting and week parting. So split the time of day up into 24 hours and split the week up into seven days. And what that would open the door for is your peak times where you'd want to maybe spend the most and bid the most. Uh, so it might be that, at, you know, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, uh, during 7 p.m. to midnight, your ACOS is much better than average and your uh, conversion rate is much better than average. Wouldn't it be nice to bid a little bit more aggressively during that time? I would love that data. And I know so many people would too, like true day parting and week parting analysis. Uh, I think that'd be huge. Yeah, I agree. And it's another factor where we know that they have the insights somewhere. It's just how do you allow the advertisers to see it? So we've seen audience insights be rolled out on DSP. We've seen some of the audience insights that brand analytics provides. Now mm -hmm. it's just being able to combine that with what we see on the Amazon advertising side. Yes. Yes. That's a big one. So that relates to bidding because you'd want because we'd be able to bid a little bit more aggressively during certain times and back off during certain times. Uh, another cool bidding thing, which I know is a massive frustration of literally everyone, is placement bid settings where we can't change the bid setting for rest of search and we also cannot down bid any placement either. We can't do a negative 20% on product pages, um, which, which makes for a difficult optimization time. Uh, I think placement settings is a topic that um, leads to a lot of confusion, a lot of frustration as people struggle with, you know, what is the best way to, to manage my placement bid settings? Yeah. And the fact that it's on, you know, the campaign level Oof. is a huge concept that I think is underrated potentially because people are uploading lists of 100 keywords then mm -hmm. they're setting these placement settings which then get applied to all 100 keywords and then some of their keywords are going to have terrible acos because they can't compete top of search for that keyword but they're mm -hmm. trying to so mm -hmm. we have broke out a lot of keyword isolation specifically because it's not rolled out on this level so there's yeah. some keywords we want to win all the time 
I don't want that to affect all my other keywords in the campaign, which have their Mm -hmm. set. Like, yeah, that single keyword campaigns can be a great way to circumvent that. Uh, Even still, you know, typically when we're doing that, we want to win top of search most frequently. And we're doing that with keywords that probably perform great on top of search. Uh, You know, for some crazy reason, if it performed uh, best on rest of search, sort of stuck in a hard place. Nothing we can do. Nothing we can do. So definitely a wishlist item uh, so that we can better optimize campaigns. Um, What's next on your, your list, Destiny? I think it's a good transition to wish list. Yes, there we go. So one of the biggest things I have on my end in terms of wish list is just more availability and options for sponsor brands video. I think that's a strong one, which mm-hmm. it's still a pretty new ad type. I mean, we're at like 12 months, 14 months. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much we're going to get, but I think that there's a lot of opportunity for driving to a landing page or a store page and more targeting options for video as well. Right now, we just show up within search. We have seen DSP video ads showing up on the product detail page. So I'm assuming they're kind of beta testing that placement. Because as you guys remember, that's how video got rolled out. It was only for DSP AMG. So fingers crossed, we get the opportunity to run video ads on the product detail page. Because I really mm-hmm. like that placement. It'd be cool. Couldn't agree more. I, I mean, every time it seems like a new ad type goes to a new ad placement, it generally performs well. Um, so, so ads on Amazon, and then you get this early mover advantage. I would love to be some of the first ones to start playing around with that ad type. Completely agree. Mm-hmm. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like video ads. They add a little spice into what we're doing. Like, <laughs> Yes, it's true. Uh, it opens up the door for some creativity that Amazon advertising I think Amazon advertisers and especially CPG brands with really unique uh, brand personalities, I think it's a fantastic opportunity for brands to shine. Agreed. Agreed. Mm -hmm. And so what else do we have on video? Video alone, I think. The landing page option will be cool because right now our videos are isolated to a specific ASIN. You can do a branded video, but at the end of the day, a consumer is landing on a specific ASIN landing page. So... That was actually pretty surprising because sponsored brands is for branding purposes was the initial rollout and everything right. was store pages or multiple ASIN landing pages with a minimum of three ASINs. So I think mm-hmm. it's really cool to see that open up for video because then we can cross sell our products and be more brand focused rather than ASIN specific. So I'm excited about that too. Yes. Uh, and obviously sponsored brand video product targeting uh, being able to tap into that as well. Great wishlist item. Um, and, and again, like getting it on the actual product page is part of that. So I'd like to believe that's only a matter of time. So for sure, that's on my wish list. Agreed. The only other kind of big thing I've put on my wish list that I think is realistic is more targeting options for off-platform display. So Mm. some of the accounts, we've seen sponsored display be switched around a lot. Like some of the accounts have the new remarketing option, which is cool, but you can only choose your look back for like 30 days and it's gotta be similar audience or your audience. And then some of the accounts still have searches option, which is on and off the platform, but we don't have any control other, other than bid. So I think it'd be cool to kind of start rolling in some of the shopper marketing analysis we do have from brand analytics mm-hmm. and DSP 
to specifically target maybe a certain age group who we've found is interested in our products. So some of those things would be cool. That would be really awesome to help accounts scale, um, to be able to see some data on who's been buying your products uh, and then be able to take that data and then go create ad campaigns right inside campaign manager focused on those specific audiences and demographics. I think it's only a matter of time. Yeah, I agree. It'd be dangerous. Yeah. Different. It'd be dangerous having that kind of data at the point mm-hmm. of this. Like. Yeah, it's so interesting to watch Amazon advertising evolve because if we were to be able to go back in time, even just three years and talk to ourselves, uh, talk to our, ourselves from three years ago and just tell them and like tell them, hey, these are the things we'd love to get. These are things that we have right now. We'd love to get these things. They would be astounded by what we have at the end of 2020 going into 2021. So it does definitely get better. And I mean, it's it's obvious that Amazon continues to invest more and more and more into their ad platform um, because it's so successful for so many advertisers. So this is our wish list for what we'd love to also get. Uh, I think the my theme was definitely reporting. I'm a, definitely a reports junkie. Um, so being able to get more data and to be able to make more informed decisions across the board, it's, it's, it's a dream. I love it. Give me, give me, give me all the data. I want to sift through it, sort through it and find the, the perfect sweet spot to double down. Yes. Destiny, any final words about the wish list? I, uh, I think that there's so much more to come and I think we've already seen the exponential growth in the last year. And if you think that's slowing down, it's not. So if you're not caught up on the EDU of everything, Amazon ads, like you need to get caught up or else you're going to be drowning. Cause there's so many cool things. That's how they're going to diversify their spend. That's how they're going to keep the platform from being way too competitive and saturated is by allowing us to have all these new things. And there is a first mover advantage. So Jump on them, partner with the right people, listen to the right people, and 2021 is going to be insane. Yes. Well, I know you, dear listener, are listening to the right people (laughs) because you're listening to us. Um, Well, have a fantastic week, everyone. Uh, We will catch you next week here. Have a good one and happy holidays. 